This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Dr. Dan McCool, who is a pharmacist, had an idea while working on a project during the beginning of the pandemic. With the help of a former student, Ryan Crawford, Maine Farmhouse Brands was born. I don't want stuff that has chemicals in it. I don't want my family using bad things that are going to harm them. So I figured, okay, I know how to make this stuff. I I just know from my years of chemistry and pharmacy, I can make these things. I can make bar soaps. I can make liquid soaps. I can make my own laundry soap. I'm making my own shave soap now. It's fantastic stuff, super good quality. I mean, it puts on a great lather onto my face. It makes my skin feel great. And I know there's no stuff in it. This is Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Oscar winners, sports reporters, Hall of Fame basketball players, and street tree revival owner, John Mahoney. Taylor Guitars was our first, you know, large manufacturer that we started working with. And that has been a, a huge proof of concept that, you know, what's, I'd, I'd argue that a guitar is one of the finer wood objects you could make. And to make a beautiful sonic machine out of a local street tree that used to go in the landfill is like a major proof of concept and, you know, is going to help take this resource and keep it out of the trash. You can hear the rest of my conversation with John at our website, justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Dan and Ryan. I've got... Two guys who are doctors and who have started a company, and I got to know why. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Matt. Yeah, doing fantastic. This is such an, an interesting story. I mean, Dan and I have known each other for a very long time. Ryan, you kind of got looped into this. Give a, Let's start with Ryan. Give me a quick background, Ryan. What's your, what's your background? How did you get to where you are right now? You know, I've been all over the place at this point. Uh, I worked as a chef for a number of years from high school into college. Uh, went to Temple University to get my bachelor's degree in biology. Decided to go back to school. I uh, got my doctorate from the University of New England. I graduated in 2016. I had been working for a pharmacist for a number of years, um, working as a pharmacist for a number of years. And uh, we moved up to Maine so my wife could start working as a travel nurse uh, at a hospital up in Ellsworth. And at that time, I had reached out to Dan, just kind of checking in to see how he was doing, how things were going since I graduated from school, since he was one of my former professors there. Um, and he told me about a company he was starting. So I let him know that I was also working as an independent contractor at the time. And if there was any room for him to have me work for his company to try and get things rolling, that I would be happy to help. Dan, you, you, you got this guy in on your team, huh? I did, and a delight too. So I've known Ryan for about 10 years as a student and watched him grow through his professional years. I am a professor. I've been a longtime uh, pharmacist with over 30 years experience. I've done formulation. I've done hospital work, uh, community pharmacy, ambulatory care, clinical teaching. It's been a fun career for me personally. And I have started a few other companies in the past, but really super excited about this particular venture. So you've got some, at least both of you have some kind of background business ideas of how to start one. Yeah, so we um, 
I have run a couple of companies before. I've done consulting in the past. I had a business partner when I first started and back in 2020. And in 2022, I rebranded this company. I, I bought her shares out. I decided I'm going to move in a completely different direction and move away from some of the more professional compounding pharmacy-related things and move into natural products is where we're going with this. Okay. So Maine Farmhouse Brands, right? That's the name of the company. Yeah, Maine Farmhouse Brands. That's right. So obviously it's it's not in Chicago. It's in the state of Maine. It's in the great state of Maine. That's true. The very great state of Maine. I do love Maine. Um Based out of Portland, Maine. There and you go. Here, right here on the coast. We are the original Portland, by the way. <laughs> Shots fired already. We're not even two and a half minutes into the podcast, and we're taking states on. <laughs> I think people know Portland for a lot of different reasons. We have, I don't know, over 4 million tourists a year that come to our state just for its natural beauty. In Portland alone, gosh, we've got a great food and beverage scene. Uh, the New York Times calls it some of the best small city dining in America. So we've got a great food and beverage scene. We've got the whole farm to table thing down. It's not new here in Maine. The farm to table movement actually started here over three decades ago. Ryan, did you know Dan worked for the Chamber of Commerce for Portland? <laughs> <laughs> I know now. <laughs> That's his fifth job after the company. He's also working for the chamber. Speak one more in there. All right. So, Ryan, what? I mean, obviously, if you you like Danny, he makes you this idea. Like, I've got a company. I'm going to start up. What do you see in this company that kind of said you said to you like I'm in? I love I love this idea. Um, so when I worked with Dan uh, originally, he was my professor preceptor. Um, I worked with him. Um, for about six, seven weeks up around Maine General and Family Practice Center. During that time, I got to know him as being a very personable individual, uh, very professional, and I felt that if I continued to work with this guy, it would help me uh, move forward with my career. So I kind of just hitched my uh, hitched my wagon up to a really strong horse, I guess. That's a, that's a good uh, good thing to do, especially if you're, if you're into horse racing. You always go for the best horse. So... so. <laughs> So Dan, tell me this then, what's the genesis of this company? What were you thinking? Well, the I've always had a love for natural products, things that are wholesome and good for us. I use soaps for instance in my personal, you know, in my house, right? So I want good quality things. I don't want stuff that has chemicals in it. I don't want my family using bad things that are going to harm them. So I figured, okay, I know how to make this stuff. I I just know from my years of chemistry and pharmacy, I can make these things. I can make bar soaps. I can make liquid soaps. I can make my own laundry soap. I'm making my own shave soap now. It's fantastic stuff, super good quality. I mean, it puts on a great lather onto my face. It makes my skin feel great. And I know there's no stuff in it. Right, so I picked up an old bottle, and I won't say the name, an old can of uh, shaving cream that I bought from the drugstore. And you look at the first couple ingredients, and they're scary, right? So there's propane, hexane, things that are petrochemicals. I don't, I, I don't want that stuff on my on my skin, on my body. I don't want my family to use it. 
Is that, have both of you guys been label readers in your life where you go to the back of a bottle or any product and, and look at what's in it, what makes that product? Once you become a pharmacist, it's innate. You do it anytime that you pick up a package. Really? Oh God. You guys must be like, how, I, you must take extra long time for you guys to get through a grocery store. It takes a while. I look at every yeah. I look at every single label of every single product that I buy: food, uh, personal care products. You know, when I used to buy laundry soap, I would stare at the label for a long time, thinking about the what those chemical structures look like and what they do to the human body. And I immediately put it right back on the shelf, thinking, "There's no way I'm going to use this stuff." But see now, regular Joe, me, I look at that stuff and I have, I don't remember what all those compounds did and what all the zacky vacky word terms mean. Like it's just becomes gobbledygook. You guys actually can break down what that means. Regular Joe, like what should they be looking for and say, oh, do not put that on your face or in your hair or in your mouth if it's toothpaste. Like what's, what's the scary stuff? So one thing we advertise on our website is you don't need a PhD to understand the ingredients in our products. If you can't, if you and I can't read them and just understand, okay, uh, it's coconut oil, it's olive oil, it's salt. You should understand what those things are, right? Because you use them in your own household. We can convert those things into soap and make them very healthy products, things that are naturally derived. We don't have to use these chemicals that come out of oil wells and, you know, God knows where. So when you're, I mean, where was the very first moment, Dan, for you to go, okay, I'm starting main, I'm, I'm starting this main company strictly for this product. Where were you? I had the idea back in uh, 2020 to get started early in the pandemic, right? So everybody was talking about using hand sanitizers. And yes, I helped a couple of companies formulate hand sanitizer. So that was part of my original gig. But if you think about what the, the science actually says, remember the CDC said hand washing is best, hand sanitizer is okay. And if you use it, you got to keep it wet on your hands for at least 30 seconds. If you think about how soaps work, soaps are actually the natural cleaning agent for your skin, right? So they've got the, you know, without going into the crazy amount of chemistry, they've got natural molecules that attract bacteria. So they actually lift them up, they remove them from your skin. Well, all hand sanitizer does is kill and or stun and kill the uh, bacteria. So it's still on your hands, but soap and water together when you make the lather on your hands back and forth, it actually removes the bacteria. So that's how it works to, to clean your hands. Same thing with viruses. Okay. So 2020, you say, you're helping and you say, okay, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do it better. Absolutely. I wanted to do something that was truly good for people and planet. So you think about all of those chemicals that go into even hand sanitizer. Uh, gosh, it pollutes the waterways. It goes down the sink. It's on people's clothing and the residual. They they wipe it off. They wash it off. They you know wipe their nose. Do all kinds <laughs> right. of things like that that are still unhealthy. 
you may recall there was a huge national uh, recall for products containing methanol that came out of Mexico. So it was basically tainted and poisonous hand sanitizer. Methanol, in layman's terms, is wood alcohol. It's very toxic to humans. It can be absorbed through the skin. It's liver toxic. The U.S. supply chain got filled with that stuff, and I didn't want to have any association with any toxic chemicals whatsoever. I wanted things that were just back to nature, if you will, natural products, things that were really safe for us. So even people that live in rural areas, and by the way, most of Maine is rural. People have wells and septic systems, so they don't need to be putting uh, harmful stuff into their wells and and drinking their drinking water. Right, right, absolutely. Now, Ryan, you've got young kids? I have an 18-month-old son named Lucas. So you have a very, very young kid. <laughs> Is that something then, are you thinking about, like, you know, his shampoo, you know, his lotion, his baby powder? Right? There was that baby powder problem with a company that, you know, is that something now you're thinking about because you have the inside being a pharmacist? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Finding products that are specifically good for children, for your family, you have to be very thorough when you look at the ingredients list. Um, before we were talking about the required education that you would need to actually look at these ingredients lists and understand what they are, you kind of have to fall back to simply trusting the companies that produce the products and the government o oversight that surrounds that. Um, when it comes to your health care, when it comes to the health of your family, I think that people need to be an advocate and they need to really make sure that they're doing the research and picking products that they think are best for their families. Um, so that's pretty much what I did. Uh, since my wife got pregnant, she has been drinking highly purified or bottled water since that point, just because there are so many toxic chemicals have, that have made their ways into um, the water table. And we can talk about one of those in a little bit with what had just happened regarding the news in the state of New York. Um, with the 1,4-dioxane. Um, there are a lot of issues health-wise that can creep up on families, on individuals, from consuming water that contains chemicals like this. Um, and predominantly, this is something that significantly impacts Maine as well as a lot of other places in the country. When you have well water that's going through a sand mound and not necessarily being filtered by professional organizations, by the city, by reverse osmosis, um, mm -hmm. there are certain things that can't get removed from the water. And they can stay there, especially forever chemicals. So with my son, we have been using exclusively products that we know have safe, trustworthy ingredients in them. Right. I mean, that's that's a big thing. You know, as a parent, you're always wondering, like, what you, you know, you want to put the best thing on your children. Dan, when you were coming up with the product ideas, where did you start? I mean, did you was the hand sanitizer like the low-hanging fruit because you were just have been working on it? Or did you just start coming up with a lot of different ideas and kind of whittle it down? So I started with a hand sanitizer in 2020, but I've made a lot of my own products for decades. I've made soaps and creams and ointments, lots of different things, both in my professional practice and at home. In my professional practice, it was not uncommon to work with a compounding pharmacist who would say, hey, we're going to make a moisturizing cream with a steroid, a low dose, something that was special and unique for that patient. And so I got to just see how things were actually formulated, what, what types of um, uh, base ingredients are compatible with each other. So I learned a little bit of chemistry and on the applied sense. And 
just to see what absorbs into the skin, what feels natural. So I applied the clinical knowledge with the practical aspect of how does it work for the person that's actually using it. It's funny. I'm listening to you two, and it's like I'm I'm listening to two guys that are 180 degrees from Breaking Bad, right? Like you guys are making good products instead of trying to sell melt meth to the cartels. Like you're trying to make good earth good earth products. No, Matt. It's funny that you bring that subject up because I had a lab in my own home, and so my kids called me Doctor Breaking Bad for a while. <laughs> yeah, I got Walter and Jesse on the uh, podcast here that are making soap. <laughs> right. So, uh, damn. I mean, like, so the hand sanitizer, right? But that was a huge thing for 2020, doesn't it? Was. Right, and everybody was lathering themselves up, masking. We all looked, you know, nuts. Has that market kind of slowed down or or is there still a, a huge market now because it's in people's, I guess they're now in their DNA to say, like they're always sanitizing everything? Well, the market was huge in 2020 back in the early part of the pandemic. And I think the use of hand sanitizer has gone down. The FDA lifted the rules for a while. They allowed small pharmacies and independent um, brewers and distillers to actually produce hand sanitizer for the public. And that's where I came in. So I helped a few local companies here in Maine produce a high quality hand sanitizer. So I also helped them produce some soap, which the soap was actually a bigger hit. The, um, the large companies, uh, Purell and the national companies have gone back and taken over the market share and they do a good job overall. If you're looking for hand sanitizer, they do it, but it can't be locally produced any longer since the emergency use authorization has ended. So the pandemic is over. The FDA um, went back to its business as usual in terms of who can produce hand sanitizer. Okay. So you've got, you sell bars of soap, uh, beard oil, body wash, laundry soap, moisturizers. Yeah. Is there any, let's see, foaming hand soap. What am I missing anything else? We're about to launch our shaving soaps as well. So okay. those are, those are hot into, uh, the, the test lab. Now we're getting really close. We're excited about them. We're getting some feedback locally from some guys who are trying out different uh, shave soaps on their face with the old fashioned badger bristled brush, wow. which is very nostalgic, by the way. It's kind of a fun uh, way to shave. And honestly, up until this time, I really haven't used that kind of shave method, but it feels really good on my skin. My beard feels good or my whiskers feel good. <laughs> my skin feels good afterward. It's a great experience. All right. Now, people can't see. Obviously, it's a podcast and not video. Brian's got a, a Ryan's got a good beard. Are you going to jump in on this uh, shaving and, and, and give it a give a little maybe a little sculpting on the old face? I will. Uh, your wife would come back and you could just have like a little Fu Manchu going on or, or a little uh, mustache. You're going to kind of ease into it a little bit, Ryan. <laughs> some and, chops. Yeah, some sweet old 70s mutton chops. Yeah. So, Dan, why, why, those, why those products, Dan, and not something else or why that combination? I wanted to have practical stuff that everybody uses, no matter who you are, you 
you wash your clothes, you right. wash your hands, right? So you wash your dishes, you, you have foaming hand soap, you have body wash. Uh, so I wanted to make products that are within reach of everyone that would prefer to have a, a better option. Yeah, I mean, you're going to shower, you're going to wash your hands, you're doing laundry, you know, dishes, everything else. If 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 you could just put or at least good stuff touch your skin, you're you're going to have a better chance of not getting something bad long-term. Right? Is it a numbers game? It's not just a numbers game. It's really about an experience, right? So when you wash your hands with a good quality soap, it not only cleans your hands, but it leaves them moisturized. It doesn't dry them out and leave them cracked. We've got a dry cold winter here in Maine. And so it became necessary to find products that didn't strip my skin from their natural oils and still made them feel really good. So we wanted to have that. And I mentioned earlier that a lot of people live rurally here in Maine and they, they're on wells and septic. They don't want those kinds of chemicals that stay in the, in the, uh, water table for gosh generations there's those forever chemicals that ryan was mm -hmm. talking about people don't want that stuff here no 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 you don't want any part of that now what about the business side right because it's one thing you say ah you know ryan come on down and, and we'll sit in the basement for four hours and we'll just pump out a bunch of soap and we'll make it <laughs> <laughs> there's another thing when someone says whoa 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 I'm not mortgaging my house to make soap. I mean, where was the business side that you come and you started to say, okay, this is how many units I'm going to make, my SKUs, how much product? Like, who was that handbrake that kind of had to work out that sense? Well, I think the team is constantly putting the brakes on for me because <laughs> I have a lot of ideas that are rolling around in my head. And, you know, I've still got, I have plenty of other kinds of beauty products for men and women that I still want to bring forward, but they're the ones that say, Hey, let's take, you know, one thing at a time and let's focus on this, but I'm already like 25 steps ahead. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, you're that guy, huh? You're the handbrake. <laughs> I, I try to be as much as possible within reason. Sure. I mean, somebody's gotta be, otherwise you get 40,000 products and only two are selling. So that, you know, that's, that's that question. Like was, was there an idea where you go, okay, we're not going to add products until we hit a goal? I don't think that we've gotten to that point. Uh, I think just the excitement of producing these products, which I know we all very much love. They're very good quality ingredients. They're very good quality products. I, I don't have any hesitation to the number of products that we've produced that we have on our website. Um, they're all fantastic things, and I have no doubt that we're going to be very successful as we move forward. Okay. So what's the, what's the company? It's, le it's less than a year old, correct, Dan? Yes, that's right. We're just coming up on our one year anniversary. I mean, you're just about ready to get teeth. You get little baby teeth. Right. <laughs> uh, where was there ever a moment right before you launch and sign papers and brand the name that you went, Oh God, should, should, is this the right step? Or were you just gung-ho and were going for it the whole way? I've had moments <laughs> where I've certainly doubted, but I I've see, feel so passionate about this. I could not just let it go. I had to do this. That drive was just far, far overcame any fear or hesitation that I had. 
I just went for it. <laughs> you need to get that quote on a t-shirt, Dan, start selling that on this site. <laughs> you just got to overcome it and go for it. What was the most challenging product so far you've come up with? I think the most challenging product, the uh, liquid soaps are more of an elite sport than bar soap making. So, you know, no offense to all the bar soap makers out there because they certainly make good products, but it's not that difficult to do. The liquid soaps require chemistry background. You have to really know what you're doing there. The uh, oils and, and the uh, ingredients that make the soap are are cooked. We've got a big gas kettle down in our production space. And you really have to watch the temperature, the chemistry, the pH. It's very technical. And so, you know, my science brain kicks in for that. I've got a great operations manager. His name is Alan. So he's set up all this great equipment for us to use. So it's very technical in the way it's done. And uh, I call it much more of an elite sport to make these high quality liquid soap products like our body washes, right? So we're balancing pH, we're balancing uh, what's good for the skin, moisturizing content, cleansing content, all of these things get factored into the, to making a body wash. All right, so do you have a team of people that sit around and smell either soaps or body washes and say, I like that smell, I don't like that smell, that scent doesn't work for me? I've always wondered that because God knows there's enough stuff you smell and you go, God, someone thought that was a good smell in soap. Oof. So I serve as the chief puff me <laughs> and it's a difficult job. I really, I've come to appreciate the value of people that know fragrance because I smell something and you work toward uh, an approximate level. So you titrate, you start at a base level and you titrate up until you get to where you think it's going to be. But I'll tell you, after you've smelled peppermint 20 times, <laughs> your brain is totally confused. So I have to step outside, eat a few crackers, drink a cup of coffee, take a break because you're lightheaded and you're thinking, okay, I'm getting lightheaded and high smelling <laughs> Peppermint. <laughs> well, uh, you must have been so crazy in college, Dan. <laughs> yeah. What about you, well, Ryan? Do you have a do you have a nose for what you you want to smell and what the product is? So when I graduated with my bachelor's degree from Temple University, I actually went to work for a company called the Monell Chemical Census Center on 35th and Market Street in Philadelphia. They are one of the only research centers in the world that exclusively follows the chemo census taste and smell. Um, so I have had a lot of training and a lot of opportunities to really look at the way that people smell and the different things that are impacted by that and the way that they perceive things. Um, yeah. How, so how's your smell when you smell? My sense of smell is pretty good. As I said, I work as a chef, uh, part-time in addition to doing all this other stuff. And uh, I think it benefited me a lot. I have a very acute taste, uh, sense of taste and, and sense of smell. Yeah. Because there's, you know, I think like my wife drinks wine. I look at it. I smell it. It all smells the same to me. I have no idea what a burnt rosé and a thing and a stuff. I have no clue, none, but I can tell you yeah. when I can tell you when my Pepsi doesn't have enough, you know, bubbles in it, that, that bothers me. <laughs> so, so God yeah. love you guys having to smell all this stuff and get, what you want out of a hand sanitizer or a soap or something like that. And 
hit your peppermint just right. Cause that would, I, I would have no clue. None. What? Okay. So Dan, what was the most difficult one? What was the one that, you know, you just, it, it racked you to the point where you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. Well, in terms of fragrance, getting citrus fragrance is very challenging, right? So there's all sorts of knockoffs in terms of fragrance profiles. We try to use all natural stuff, essential oils that are pure natural essential oils. We do use some other fragrances that we blend with them to hold them together, but largely the, the fragrance profile is essential oil. So getting citrus just right that's hard. So I've had to ask people, hey, what do you think about this lemon? What do you think about this citrus? I mean, it's very, very subjective. There's not an exact reference that I can say, okay, this is the perfect orange lemongrass bergamot. It's it's very, very subjective. And so, yeah, that's it. That's it. That was it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Now, what? Okay. Now, what about beard oil? Like I've never used beard oil. Ryan looks like he probably can use half a gallon, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's closer to maybe seven or eight drops a day. Okay. So what is beard oil? What does that do? So aside from, sorry. So no. aside from the beard oil that we manufacture, which has a very, very nice scent to it, uh, beard oil can help to soften your beard, make it feel a lot more supple, but also it has, helps to strengthen the beard. When you use cleaning chemicals on your face like soap, it helps, it strips a lot of the, um, the sebum, the oil that's in your skin and your hair follicles away, and it can cause your hair to not only get a little bit drier, but to, um, to, to, to fray and to not grow as strong. So when you fortify your, your hair follicles, your, your, your beard with an oil, it'll actually help the beard grow faster. So it's not just going to look better. It's not just going to smell better. It's not just going to feel better. It's going to look bigger. Wow. Okay. See, there you go, Dan. That's why you get a guy to work with. that has got a beard. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have to grow your nice, big, full, bushy beard and then you'll have to use your oil. <laughs> there you go. So what, where was, and when you, you launched the company less than a year ago, you get it going. Was there ever a thought, okay, it's always going to be online. Was there ever a thought of brick and mortar? Where was where was the thought on let's sell this product? How? Well, we want to go bigger than just the state of Maine. So we are reaching out to other states where in Pennsylvania, Ryan will talk to you about traveling across the country in his RV promoting <laughs> our products. So our products literally have been from the East coast, almost into California now. <laughs> and, Tomorrow. and he is, and he is generating lots of interest. He's been to the grand Canyon, lots of different places to just promote Maine farmhouse brands so people can see the good quality products that we're producing here in Maine. Ryan, do you have the van wrapped? No, I, uh, I drove it from, so I picked up the RV in Pennsylvania and I drove all the way out to Iowa. The snow was too much. Figured oh. I'd cut it south, went south, hit up Kansas City, Oklahoma City, all the way down to the 10 Texas Panhandle. It followed me. The snow followed me the entire way. <laughs> Even in Arizona at the Grand Canyon, two days ago, three to six inches of snow, I had to jump in the RV late at night and drive four and a half hours to Las Vegas just to not be snowed in anymore. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally signed. <laughs> Holy God. Yeah, that's a fear to snow in in your RV because it's not like you brought your chains with you. Holy moly. So 
Yeah, it hasn't been bad though. Yeah, it's it's got to be unbelievable. What? So Dan, where where are you at goal wise? What's your goal next? Like two years? What do you want to do? Well, we're taking baby steps. We're being slow, careful, deliberate about how we're growing. We've we've launched our brand. We've got our products pretty much set to go. Uh, we have been selling some, and there's definitely strong interest in some of the bar soaps. The the beard oils are definitely a big hit. The the body washes, which were just launched, um, are strong interest there as well. So we're going to take our time. We're going to um, start our wholesale phase. So this next three months, so the quarter the quarter coming up, we're going to focus on getting some wholesale accounts that uh, we can do B2B type selling. And then over the next six months, maybe uh, get a get ourselves to a large trade show. We're thinking about Boston or New York, just a place that I think would be a great audience for our products as well. Okay. And I hear, by the way, there's a great uh, natural products show out in Anaheim, California, not very far from you all. So we may be out there next year all right yeah i've i've been to that it's it's a massive thing they have it in the convention center it's huge it's probably the most healthy healthiest convention i've ever been to yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see you next year all right all right so tell me about the beard contest how did that come about and who's the whose idea is it other than obviously it's ryan who's who's got one the beard contest tell me about that it, it was also my idea um <laughs> I was trying to brainstorm and come up with ways to try and spread brand awareness, but also have a little bit of fun with it. So when I was living up in Ellsworth, Maine over this past summer, uh, starting to do some independent contract work, reaching out to Dan, uh, I would drive back and forth to Acadia National Park. And on that road, there is a, a lumberjack competition that they have almost every night during the summer. And I thought to myself, since we're doing beard and mustache care, we're doing beard oils, shave soaps, it might be a fun idea to have a Wicked Hands Lumberjack competition. We are essentially asking people to apply through our website to enter a beard and mustache uh, contest. So is it who's got the best mustache, who's got the best beard, and is it kind of one of those ones like with the designs and, you know, the ones you see like at Oktoberfest that are like fantastic? So the title is just Wicked Handsome Lumberjack Beard Contest. <laughs> the general public, anybody who's on Facebook and, and, and like and follows our page, they're going to have the opportunity to vote for whoever the winner is. Okay. There's a first place, second place, and third place prize. Aside from that and the fact that you have a beard, those are the rules. Those are the directions. So whatever you can do to get people to say, this dude is a wicked, handsome lumberjack who has a beard, that's how you're going to win. That's not bad. I know I know a guy, John, John Mohaney. He, I'm going to let him know because he's got an unbelievable beard. I had him on the podcast. He, and he's a lumberjack. He works in the uh, the tree industry, so for sure he's got a leg up. All right, well, I hope that's successful. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the prizes are pretty fantastic. At this point, first place is approximately $200 worth of our products, including shipping. Second is $125. Third is $55. And not only that, anybody who enters the competition is also going to get some discounts on some of the products that we have as well. Nice. You got to love that contests and and product who doesn't want that is uh, is product development like is it a monster to deal with when you're coming up with something like that like walk me through like 
what's the future for you in product development? Like when you're coming up with the next, I know you said you had a million ideas. <laughs> well, so in terms of product development, we're really trying to perfect our shave soap. Now we want people to have a very elevated experience when they're shaving. It's going to be very nostalgic because it's a old fashioned uh, shave bar okay. that you will lather up with a old fashioned badger bristle type brush lather it onto your face. Uh, it'll have a nice uh, citrus, bergamot, campfire type smell. So nice, nice woodsy experience. Um, just getting the formulation right. So it's got to be able to soften the beard. It's got to be able to not uh, leave your skin dry. So we're trying to balance all of those things now in terms of development. So we're, we've pinged on our neighbors and friends a little bit. We call them our focus group, and our focus group <laughs> gives us feedback, and we go from there. We make little tweaks. They say, "Oh, we think this one is is very moisturizing, but it doesn't lather quite enough." So help us uh, get get some more lather into the next iteration of that product. Yeah. Okay. So I I use a company, a shaving company. Uh, or did, but I still have their shaving cream. It rhymes with berry. And then I went to a company that limes, rhymes with hair, something something else. But their shaving cream out of the can is really good. The other company's shaving cream out of a tube is garbage. So there is a lot to go. Like, it just because it's a shaving cream. It, it's such a hit and miss what works and what's not. And I've never tried with the badger bristles, I've always, that's always been very intimidating. Like I'm watching a old Western and some guy named Chip is going to be over me and lather me up. And then I get shot by an assassin. It's always been that, you know, lazy mafia MO. How is that like the best way that kind of, you know, use of the soap with, with that kind of badger bristles? Well, think about what, what those bristles do, right? So they help soften the beard, get, get it all in between the whiskers. It exfoliates the skin a little bit. It stimulates the skin with a little bit of blood flow. It's just a good, healthy experience. That, br that bristle's natural. You've got natural ingredients in the shave soap itself, a nice scent. So the, the, um, the experience of just a good smell, uh, sets your experience in the right direction. It makes you feel good. It does. I, I know there are a couple of shaving creams I've used where they smell better. And I'm like, wow, okay. Start my day smelling off, you know, in the right step. Okay. So were there any, and maybe Ryan can like jump on this and go, yes, I had to put the handbrakes on this. Were there some scents you came up with that were just, you thought they were going to work and they didn't? Your focus group said, hell no. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we have gotten some hell no stuff. Um, a few batches of a few test batches of product went into the garbage. <laughs> so we will we won't lie. We'll we'll be honest. Well, of course, we, we we developed our product. We won't hide our nose and, and snub our noses to the wind. But it really is uh, some trial and error. We try to use our best judgment in terms of chemistry. But when our focus group says no, hell no, we take we take that very seriously, <laughs> and in the garbage it goes. <laughs> were there Ryan? Were there any that you you thought were going to be a winner, and then the focus group you know shook you guys off like a like a pitcher on the mound? 
So I think that it's important to note that the company is very amiable to uh, the feedback that we get from our customers. All right. So you, 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 you agreed with the customers for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's, there's nothing worse than when like you could shoving that square peg into that round hole going, no, I really like that blueberry raspberry banana split shaving lotion. Damn it. We're going to go with it. Ryan is more on the, uh, Ryan gets the finished goods. He really gets, he, we don't torture him with all <laughs> this stuff, by the way. We, yeah, he gets the benefit of once we've got things through product development, we've bench tested it, we've given it to our focus group. Ryan gets it after that. Oh, come so on, we, Ryan. We really, we've spared him the pain and agony of smelling bad batches of peppermint. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's worse smells, right? But I'm sure, Dan, after the 600th one, your head's got to be going numb. Like right. you said, yeah, it's just, it's not peppermint anymore. It's just this thing that smells. We want to keep Ryan on our team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah. Dan's taking one for the team to keep Ryan right. on the team. That's right. Right. All right. Well, okay. So right now they could find it at the website, correct? Yes, www.mainfarmhousebrands.com. Are you selling anywhere else locally in Portland or anywhere else online? Yes, we've got a few. Uh, we've got a barber that's promoting some of our products. She's selling our beard oil and our, some of our soap. She's been out promoting them. Okay. I saw her today, as a matter of fact. I just got <laughs> my haircut, and she's very excited to promote our products. And, and wherever Ryan goes across the country, he's like throwing out uh, product left and right, trying to spread the word. Yeah. A couple of people have been fortunate enough to bump into me at uh, different state parks, different stops along Route 66. <laughs> and uh, when they see me taking pictures of the products at some of these landmarks, they eventually ask me questions and they wind up taking some products home with them to try and to sample to encourage our uh, getting getting the brand out there as much as possible. Okay, as a photographer, I have never seen anybody taking taking product photos at like national monuments. Yeah, I would walk up to you and ask you, "Sir, what are you doing? That looks interesting." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. All right, yeah, so Amarillo with the Cadillac sticking out of the Grand Canyon, Petrified <laughs> National Forest, Chicago Bean, we've we've done it all. Oh my goodness. So is there uh are you trying to get on to like a bigger platform like Amazon or anywhere else and sell it, Dan? So we have sold on Amazon. We sold on Amazon for about four and a half months just to get our brand out there. We got some feedback there, which was helpful. We've incorporated that into some product improvement. And now we're ready to uh take the show on the road, so to speak. All right. So tell me about the tallow products. How did that come about? Well, they say what is old is new again, and we, <laughs> we wanted to have moisturizers that were really old-timey, if you will, and what's what's more natural than using rendered uh, beef tallow in products? We, we came to realize as we started studying that in our grandparents' generation, they would have used tallow as their moisturizer, keep their skin moist in the winter time and and um, keep their skin soft and supple now that we know a little bit more science about tallow we know that it's full of vitamins it's got vitamins a d e and k those are antioxidant 
They help support good collagen growth. They stimulate uh, collagen promotion. They have anti-inflammatory properties, right? So people that have sensitive skin, they have acne, it's really good for those skin conditions. It doesn't block your pores. So when I looked up, I had no idea what tallow was. I thought that's amazing. Like, why was that ever a product even used in that? How did they figure that out? Well, I think just using good common sense as they were thinking about using animals appropriately so they would eat the meat for food and then the the fat was left over. They would make all sorts of things from it. They'd make soap and they'd notice that as they were handling it, their skin felt nice and moist. So they just purified it. They salted it. They boiled it and they rendered it. That's what that process is called. So they purified it and they started using it uh, on their skin. So Jerry the butcher had really soft hands. Is that what you're saying? He totally did. <laughs> so then, I mean, so you you just took it back and said, okay, like you said, that was old school, and we'll and we'll try it, and it, it's just a proven product. Yeah, it's been it's literally thousands of years old. It, it has roots in ancient Greece, thousands of years ago. So this is a very ancient beauty secret. Wow. So. What what's the texture? I mean, I've never felt it, but I can only imagine. So is it is it not greasy, not slimy? Like what is it? What's the what's the texture? What does it feel like? It's smooth and we whip it and it's got a very light texture. You put it on. It does take a little bit longer to work into your skin, but it absorbs completely. It doesn't leave your skin greasy at all. Oh. Once it's worked into your skin, it provides a nice moisture barrier and holds the moisture in, in addition to imparting all oh, those vitamin-rich substances that we talked about, vitamins A, D, E, and K. Yeah, because, you know, what are the, when people say vitamins, they really kind of go as C as their one they've always had as a kid. D was the one they were telling you, you should have gotten during the pandemic is get outside and get a little sun. But which one is K? Uh, K is a naturally occurring vitamin. So it helps us with our, um, helps us with our gut function. It helps us with our clotting, our ability for our, you know, if you bump yourself and bruise yourself, mm -hmm. your, your body needs to heal. And vitamin K is one of those healing uh, vitamins. I mean, I know I don't moisturize enough and I could see it. Like if I go a couple of days, I could feel it in my hands. I could feel you know, my elbows are all chalky. What's the, I guess, the best side of keeping moisturized? Is it keep your skin healthier and, you know, younger looking? Yeah, it does. It does multiple things. It infuses your skin with natural vitamins. It keeps it moist. It keeps it firm, actually, by putting those um, antioxidants. So uh, antioxidants uh, have a protective effect. That's why we 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 understand them to be uh, health promoting, right? So they 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 get free radicals that cause problems with your skin, like skin cancer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not we're not making a medical claim. We just know that indeed these antioxidant substances. Uh, help keep your skin healthy. They keep them from free radicals, for example. And those are, they're troublemakers. Right. Well, sounds like a great product. We love it. So it's, we have whipped tallow and then we have an organic sugar scrub 
that we infuse with tallow as well. So it's a nice whipped product. Uh, it's exfoliating, so it, it does a little bit of cleanse on the skin. And um, the sugar is very healthy for the skin. It's a nice, fine, uh, organic product. We, we love it. All right. Well, I hope people, when they're listening to this, they, uh, they look up the website. They buy some uh, face lotion and some soap and some laundry detergent and smell better, feel better, help out a st small company starting out. So one, at one point, you can have all the good smells of soap and laundry detergent you can ever have. Oh, tell me this. Okay, did you guys do tests? Because I, I, I heard something the other day about the pot, the, the Tide thing. We were talked about it. Did you do a test on what your laundry smells with one competitor's brand and your brand afterwards? So I have been, uh, I have made my own laundry soap for so many years. I can't even remember what the leading brand, if you will, smells like. But I did look at the leading brand the other day. There was a, there's been a recall in the state of New York. They're very concerned for those PFAS, they're forever chemicals. And uh, I think one part per million is what the FDA has said is acceptable and safe. And these products were found to have four parts per million. So interesting, the leading brands, if you will, I won't mention their name, sure. but they went from four parts per million to one. So they've just lowered, that's still there. And I that just blows my mind. I wouldn't even buy that stuff and put it on my clothes to smell it. So I don't want to do a side-by-side -side comparison. <laughs> I'm just going to stick with my own laundry soap. I mean, so average Joe doesn't know what that means. One to one million to four to, like, where is the danger? Where, where does that make a red flag for the regular consumer to understand what that means? If you can't understand the chemicals that are on the product, the back of the product, don't buy it. It's that simple. <laughs> You don't have to know what one chlorodioxane is. It's just bad stuff. When you see these names that have, you know, 26 letters, one, six, methyl, sulfasoxazolazone, for instance, what the hell is that? That's a great word in Scrabble. That's what that is. That's <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of points for that. Don't just don't buy it. Just avoid that kind of stuff completely. Don't even worry about those long chemical names. Just don't buy it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of times that goes over the regular public's head. They don't, they don't know. They've either never taken chemistry or when they did, it was in their sophomore year in high school. So they have no clue, you know, those, those dangers. They just assume the agencies are out, you know, there to stop it before it gets to them. But as you guys both know, that's not always how it is. You have to be a wise. Everyone's consumer. different. Yeah. Right. Everyone's different. You know, the, the, the amount of chemical that you actually expose yourself to over time can depend on the type of water system that you have, the area that you live in, how big the water source is in that area. Um, and certain people are certainly more likely to develop certain types of cancers based on certain exposures, certain environmental factors uh, in combination with their genetic predisposition. So the recommendations that are often made are for a large proportion of people, a large population of people, not everything is specific to each individual. Something might be okay for one individual and not as well, not as much for, for another individual. 
Well, I'm glad you guys are doing this. I'm glad you guys are, you know, willing to be frontier and out in the front because as you know, starting a business can be scary. Starting a business that you guys are in could even be more scary because you've got monster corporations you're trying to compete with, right? That are global and they, they throw millions of dollars of development or they just repurpose what they've been doing for the longest time. So for you guys to actually go out and try to make a difference on something like this is is huge. We think so. And yeah. we're ready to go. We're after, we're going to go after those Goliaths. <laughs> <laughs> is it a is it foreshadowing, Dan, to have that sailboat in your background? Like, is that what you're going to go on? Like, attack pirates and get out there and give them hell? There are swashbucklers <laughs> here on the coast of Maine, so be careful of what you wish for. <laughs> I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time. I wish you guys all the best, uh, you know, in this company's success. I mean, uh, what you guys are doing, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, uh, I, I really do appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you, Matt. Good to be with you. All right. Thank you. Ryan, hey, next time I see you, Ryan, you better have uh, trimmed that thing up with some of that beard oil and a good shave. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, have a great day. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Dan and Ryan. If you liked the episode, please click the like button, become a subscriber as well. And remember, you can find all the past shows at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.